Welcome to my Latinx life. Join me as I journey to learn, educate, and highlight Latinx leaders in a comfortable setting similar to your mom's kitchen. We'll explore a variety of topics with guest and reoccurring host. I'm your host, Joe Ardondo, and this is my Latinx life. Okay, welcome back to my Latinx life. Today I have a really great guest, a friend of mine named Venus Rikau. Uh, she is an amazing person who owns her own business and teaches EDI work from a more scientific kind of work and background. Uh, she has a background in a lot of different things. I'm going to let her explain that because that's not really my job to talk about everybody. Um, so welcome to the show, Venus. Welcome, Venus. Good morning. Good morning, Joe. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yo, thank Thank you for joining me. Um, I love to see your bright and shiny face every time we get to see each other. For most people that don't know you, um, let's go ahead and introduce who you are. So who is Venus? If somebody was asked who Venus is, what would you say to that? Venus is a person who is passionate about science, learning, and more importantly, sharing that learning with others. Uh, for me, it's, it's really about democratizing learning. Um, I grew up, you know, we, I, I think that all of us who are a little bit old grew up with the scarcity of knowledge in some way. Yes, you have to work really hard. And I was explaining this to my kids just the other day. If you wanted to know something at a deeper level, you had to go to the library and you had to go and mm-hmm. Figure out that knowledge. Now you have that to, to your fingerprints, but but that's not the case when I was growing up. So for me, learning was a way of kind of getting out of the situation in which I was in growing up, and it was a way of advancing. And so education was powerful, and that's something that I that I that I find it centered to who I am into my life. Yeah, and so you didn't grow up here in the states either. Where did you grow up? Where? Yeah, I grew up in in Colombia and uh, specifically in Bogota, and um, and it was it was a place where I, I call it the little New York for me because the vibe of the city it's very similar. It's it's very cosmopolitan and busy and all kinds of you know kind of New York type of stuff. Um, and at the same time, same it had crime and all you know all kinds of things that a city has that not necessarily are conducive to to growing up sometimes but but i i feel like shifting from you know from a city like bogota which is like a new york type of thing to a more um, calm environment it it was a great shift for me because i got to enjoy like the countryside which i really didn't have a chance growing up so i moved to the states and i was more in like the idaho area which is much more country and um and i love that it it was different for me i like it yeah so what brought you here to the states opportunity just like every um you know, American dream, uh, the opportunity to to grow, to study, to advance. Great. That's amazing. So when we ask who Venus is, you've kind of explained she's this amazing person who wants to give back to the world um, with education and really a learner and somebody who shares. Um, but how does I, how does Venus um, identify? So if somebody was to ask what your identity is, how would you answer that question? I love that question because it's it's really, for me, it's, it's it's profound in the sense of there is not just one identity mm-hmm. there is a multiplicity of identities that we all carry you know the complexity of who we are so i am a mom i am a, a spouse um i am a 
a person who loves translating science into practices, behavioral practices. Um, I love working towards equity and, and seeing, removing those barriers that are in the system so people can thrive. That Those are the things that I love. Um, I am a sister, you know, um, I'm a daughter. And so I think that all of these things come into play at different parts of our life or different aspects, you know, within the context that we're we're kind of moving in. And I think that we have to sometimes honor that. I would say, and it's similar to some of your uh, previous um, guests, yeah. As a Latina, I I did I, I knew the word growing up, what it meant. I remember being 15 and yeah. my sister had a boyfriend at the time and he said, oh, I'm a Latino. And I was like, that was a foreign concept to me. Yeah. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And so he's like, oh, no, I'm a Latino. And he learned this from watching American uh, programs. And so I was like, oh, I guess if he's a Latino, I guess I'm a Latina. But then from there, it just kind of, it, it, it wasn't in my environment anymore. Like, that's not something that we talk about, yeah. you know, at that time, I would say, in, in, in Colombia. And so I, it just kind of wasn't present, wasn't salient. Mm-hmm. And then so later on, moving here and, and, and living in, in Idaho, it was not something even that we talk about either. Yeah. And so until, you, you know, I come to Seattle and later on, people start saying, you're a Latina. And I was like, oh, I am. And so you, I think that there is a, as an immigrant, you start trying to figure out what does that mean for me? Yeah. What does it mean to be a Latina in here, you know, in the United States? And so part of my identity is being a Latina in, in, in be, you know, being a, a woman, a and so, and so that's. Um, I think it's an interesting journey for everyone who starts coming into that other part of their identity. Yeah. The, yeah. No, I think that's a really interesting way that to uh, explain. I think um, Pilar. Who, I mean, you know Pilar over from the Gates Foundation. Uh, she's also not from here, so that was a word like that she didn't grow up with. And I think that that's always interesting. Is we forget how much of our language is so regional and so much just here in the United States because it's not something that everyone in the world thinks about because countries are all different. Um, I think that's also the thing that makes our country beautiful is that we are a, a hodgepodge of people from all different places in the world coming to the United States for education or a better life to be with families and things like that so I think that that's amazing that that's the way that you look at it um so as we um shift into more of our who Venus is kind of background you own a company called Neural Shift um and that's kind of how we've met each other and we'll talk about that here in a little bit but let's talk to the listeners about what Neural Shift is and what you exactly do um with this amazing title of founder owner and and uh, chief behavioralist. Um, for me, chief behavioralist makes me think of like the TV shows, like the crime TV shows where they have like the FBI chief behavioralist that makes like a background and like a whole profile on somebody. Um, which also, it, once you see um, Venus, you will be like, she looks like she would 100% be in one of those TV shows, just the way that you have that look. So yeah, what do you do? And how do you explain your work to people? That is, uh, I would say that is hilarious. And um, I laugh about it because <clears throat> at some point in my life, um, um, long time ago, I thought about what if I become an FBI profiler? Yeah, I am so obsessed with understanding behavior that I think that would be a really fun job. <laughs> I do too. I 100% would be like, I could study serial killers all day long and totally be okay with it. It's just, yeah, and no, but then understanding 
the the darkness of it is what detracted me from it because I was like I don't think I can live in that world so I I took a class um, in college I, I was the assistant to this class and and it was forensic psychology and forensic yeah. psychology exactly we had to look at all these behaviors and and I was like it's kind of hard to go to bed after that class every every time I went because I was studying some serial killer and I was like oh my god can, I was terrified to go to bed just thinking about that so i was like yeah i think that's that sounds like a really romanticized and cool job until you had to do it so i decided probably not for me <laughs> yeah i don't yeah i would agree i don't think everybody could do it i think that there's probably like a select group of people who are able to work through it yeah um, so yeah so, what is neural shift yeah yeah so okay so neural shifts it's a consultant firm that specializes in specifically that shifting behavior at the organizational level at the system level Level and at the individual level. One of the, um, the aspects that we focus on is culture because we believe that um, ch- changes um, just at the individual level are not enough. You need to shift the culture of the organization. And to shift that culture, we focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. We believe that removing inequities from the organizational systems um, is it's, it's fundamental to the progress of society. And organizations are really places of change where you can have as an organization, you can drive social change. And so if you as an organization only focus on producing, you know, goods and services, then you're you're missing out on the opportunity to really drive change at a social level. And so what we do is we come in and we um, or assess the organizational system to understand where they are. And we create processes that are participatory in nature. So everybody chips in. It is not the leader's job to shift the organization. It's everybody's job to drive a culture in which they can thrive. And so we come in and do these processes that we set the roadmap for them to um, to really push forward in a way that enables them to remove inequities, not just from their system, but from the structures outside their system, from the social environment. Yeah, I think that that's amazing. I think, I mean, it makes 100% sense. I think especially more now than ever in the the world that we live in is we're looking more at systemic issues. We're looking at that that's doesn't, that takes more than the, the surface level Band-Aid fix. It takes a cultural change it change which also means you're educating people because people are having to address things within themselves they're having to address things that feel would make them feel uncomfortable because the norm is the norm you want the status quo it's working why it's the old saying like if it's working why fix it clearly it's not working we don't want to address that it's not working and so it's creating problems so yeah so you said and you specifically said you do it with the diversity equity and inclusion lens um why did you choose that path when doing this work you know when when I started um, the company, mm-hmm. I I realized okay I, I wasn't seeing a lot of Latinx people in positions of leadership, and so I thought like well you know we're talented we're we're great like I, I don't see why are we why are we not leading as well. And so I felt that it was important for me to contribute to the success of others to serve in that way. And so when I started the company, I specifically was focused on supporting the Latinx community. I did not find any support from organizations at that point. There was there was a lot of kind of talk, but not necessarily walk. And yeah. and I and I said, okay, well. I gotta still figure it out. How do how do I how do I do these? And I'm very um, very grateful that I have found you, for instance, and in the community, they had supportive artwork in driving in, in in driving this work, yeah, in, in elevating and supporting the growth of the Latino community. And so 
when I when I started this work, I said, you know, you have to you have to have clarity and your purpose. Clarity drives action. Mm-hmm. And and when you are when you have a purpose that is clear to change the world, yes, when you when you want to change the world in, in a way you want to impact it. Um, removing inequities, yeah, it's 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 a cause that it, it doesn't end, but it has a deep meaning for me as a, as an individual, and I think for the organization because then it attracts individuals who have clarity of purpose and meaning and who really want to make a change um, in their communities. And and I love that. I think that purpose for an organization, clear purpose for an organization is fundamental to to drive impact. Yeah. And so it also looks like you had a background in HR before this. Did this feel like a natural progression in that kind of where your work was taking you? How to use the skills that you already had? Or how did you kind of decide, like, I'm going to go from HR and now I'm going to be educating people on how to be uh, at least try to be decent human beings, if not better human beings altogether? Yeah, I I would say actually, no, there was no uh, a clear path. Um, a, a linear path at all. Um, I was doing, you know, I think it's like many sometimes individuals that you can do some things and you can do them really well, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you're tapping into who you are and your passion. And I was doing the job. I could have completely stayed doing HR and be content and be a, a happy camper, but I was missing something. And I knew what I was missing is the job didn't give me the opportunity to really tap into who I am, that individual who is curious, who wants to learn, who who is creative. There was no creativity happening for me in HR. And so I was, I was really um, just uh, sad. Like I, I wasn't necessarily excited to do the job. It was hard for me. And so, so I, it, it's a good place because when you are in discomfort, it, it leads you to seek change. Yeah. And so it happened that I met a friend of mine from graduate school and for coffee. And she said, Venus, I think that, you know, maybe you could be doing other things. What if you just go and do other, other job? And, and so I, I, I considered, I thought about it, like, can I can? And so sometimes you're so boxed in into the job that yeah. you're in that you're like, well, really, I could just completely change my life. And so I have this intuitive hit as she said this later on like oh my god yes I can I, I can absolutely completely do something else and I'm gonna go and do that and so I started exploring coaching mm-hmm. as part of what I could do um, and I, I honestly felt this surge of energy deep inside that says you need to go just go and don't look back and I made the decision of quitting my job which is a really hard decision to make when you are a parent and um, and, and you're and, and you're been yes as a latina to to always make sure you have a job Mm -hmm. to be responsible don't quit your job you know that you're kind of going against your value system or the norming that you were taught and so breaking that it was quite scary but at the same time liberating because i knew that it was coming from a deep inside need that i needed to change that and so i went in i quit my job (laughs) which is crazy and um and i and i and, and with full and, and i can say with the full support of my husband and um and i went in and started just educating myself and learning more um in terms of coaching and understanding and because i had this passion for neuroscience for a really long time since i was 19 i was like i can dig in more into the brain side of it oh yeah that excites me like that's super awesome and so i just went in and left the comp left the job 
opened the company. I still remember that I came up with the name of the company and and I said I told my my boss like, hey, you know, um, I'm quitting and I'm gonna open this company and this is the name. And he's like, that's a horrible name. That's not a good name. You need a better name. Oh wow. And I was like, oh no. I, I thought about it for a really long time. I thought this would be an awesome name. Like it really aligns with my passion for science and the brain. And I just this will be cool. And so. I can understand later on from a marketing perspective because he's a marketer. Yeah. yeah, it makes no sense. But for on my own personal, you know, passion, it made complete sense. So I decided, okay, just be it. You know, I just want to keep it. Um, and and I left. And and I think I, I honestly, um, yeah, it, it's 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 a hard decision that you know to make, but but it's very rewarding. And I have been able to tap into aspects of who I am that I that I didn't know I had in some way if you had asked me back in the day when i was in hr are you a creative person i would have say no i i what am i creating like nothing and now i can say i love creating absolutely i create all kinds of content and information that helps how people live their lives and i love that so that was a long-winded answer for <laughs> for how this journey can evolve no i mean it's your journey you get to explain to the world of what your journey is what took you here and i think that that's beautiful um i can can say for a fact that uh, venus is very creative she um so we'll talk about how we know each other but yeah i can 100 percent say that um, also, your happiness about just talking about this um, is really beautiful. Um, it's one of those things that I find amazing. So you mentioned if it didn't bring you passion, then why were you not doing it and things like that? So would you say that you now have found your passion and this is the thing that brings you joy every day whenever you get to wake up and go to work? Yeah. So I think the, the awesome thing about being an entrepreneur, it's on you. It's like you drive the work. Yeah. And I I literally, nobody, nobody had to ask me, hey, can you get up and do these? Like I wake up. And I just get it done. And I, I feel like when I get to bring who I am and I get to like my, and I just feel like there is this different energy that you bring. You connect with people yeah. um, at a different level in a way that it's a high energy level and people connect with you because you're doing what you love and people can see it and people really get attracted to, oh, this person is really living that purpose is making a difference in somebody's life instead of like this person is just doing their job and you know, and they have to do their job. And it's just a quite different energy. And and I would say that um, it, it's important that anyone really tap into who they are. And so no matter what, maybe it is not the way that you always dream of, but you still get to um, create it, create the way that you that you that you shine, that you bring joy and in love to others. And I feel I, I do that when I, I do the work that I do when I teach uh, people really connect, they, they, they email me some people email me and say oh I saw you three years ago in a class and I came back to your class and I'm like wow I, I get to see so many people hundreds of people that I don't necessarily know every single person so yeah. when someone comes back and say that that to me is, means I, I made a difference and, and that matters oh, which is perfect because that was 100% what I posted yesterday on the Instagram if you didn't look um, it was about finding your passion and if it doesn't bring you pa- like it was everything that you just said was all rolled up like you should that you should have that impact on people even if it's just one person like that should be what comes at the end of your life so I think that that's really uh, a beautiful thing to say yeah that's really beautiful 
Um, so you 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 bring you you mentioned it. Um, you've enjoyed neurosciences, and you bring research and the the scientific side of change um, and systemic change, organizational change, and cultural change. And you use um, research and your science in that. Um, and in a healthcare setting, that's um, for us that was really important because that was comfortable for us. We knew what that looked like. We understood it. Um, how does that play into other, let's say, non-healthcare or not even science-related fields? Um, do you find that that you have to work in a different way um, working with corporations and companies and things like that whenever you're doing this type of coaching and this education? Um, I would say what what I found so far is that um, in the technology sector, people are quite analytical. And so bringing science to them, it kind of matches their style or their way of thinking. And so they're open to it. I think that there is still um, a need for leaders, not necessarily engineers, but for leaders to be more open to science and bringing in science informed decisions. Yeah. And, and so really being open to experimentation. I think that that culture is still is not prominent. Like not everybody is open to experimentation. A lot of them talk about innovation or, um, you know, getting to other, getting to another level in terms of innovation and trying things, but in, in, in creating psychological safety, but very few really are able to see with failure. Yes. Yeah. Because failure is going to cost them. And so unless you start driving these scientific method type of thinking across your organization, the thinking that everybody, everybody needs to have, innovation will continue to be um, curtailed. Yeah, it won't be able yeah. to really be achieved. And so I, I see that there is still ways to go, I, I feel, like with, some, um, with some parts of the organizations. But for the most part, um, I think that that's what uh, allows them to connect with me. I feel like when I connect with the leader, what allows them to connect is is that we have that passion for science that we we can talk about you know scientific uh, research and and distill it into what do I do with this in my team? What do I do with these within my organization? And that allows to connect. I, I would say that that's probably how I connect with, with leaders. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think that that all makes sense. And I think that that's an easy way for us to understand it and for you to do your work. Um, I think you made a really great point of like, sometimes there's failure and that's okay. Is I mean, that's the philosophy I live by is that it's okay to fail because you're learning and there's a science behind it. And there's going to be times that it's just not going to work out and you're going to have to change something. And especially in a big organization that, like you said, it costs an organization money not to be right right off the pack specific and for healthcare I mean sometimes it, it's horrible to say but it impacts people's lives like if somebody doesn't do something correctly like it has an impact on actual people's lives and we have to put the risk out there because you're not going to know everything you're going to take some time to do the work so I love that you said that that's part of the work so now we're going to move more into the questions about managing the relationships and how you build these kind of community and you kind of uh, alluded to it in the back a little a, a couple questions back is um um, you got to work with us. Um, I really like to think I got to work with you as we um, kind of did this. Um, so as people know, I work for Seattle Children's. I don't speak for the company uh, or the brand. I only speak for myself. But I got to work with Venus because I work with a group of people here, uh, Latinx leaders in the uh, in the area. And we had wanted to put together an event. And we were like, how are we going to do this? And Angelica actually brought you into the group um, because that's what Angelica does. So keep an eye out for that episode. It will be coming soon also. Um, so another strong woman. So Women History Month, another reason we're talking to Venus this month also. I actually remember meeting you because we had met almost like a 
year before that, Angelica had invited a bunch of people to go see a show. Um, oh, yes, at the theater. Yes, the, yes. Yeah, and I think you sat at the table with me for because we were only there for like a couple minutes before we actually moved into the show. And I was like, huh, she was really nice. And then when you came back and I was like, oh, that was the woman who sat with us at the table. So I thought that was really great. Um, so yeah, we've got to know each other and we've worked with each other. And then we brought you specifically to Seattle Children's for another event. And we're hoping to bring you back again in the future as we continue our work. Um, and as the organization moves into our anti-racism work, I would continue to throw out your name and hopefully we'll pick you up as an organization. And that's our relationship. So you said you're kind of building this community, especially around equity, diversity, and inclusion. You, you called out um, Latinx leaders. And I know you work with all kinds of different leaders, different BIPOC leaders and different backgrounds and things like that. Do you feel that that is important to the work that you do? And do you feel like that is a main pipeline for a lot of your work is those personal connections? Yeah, I would say really connecting is at the foundation of any any work, any organizational work. Um, at, at one of my favorite clients, um, she really, her name is Wendy, and, and she talks about that at the end of the day, what you're trying to do with an organization is to create healthy, organi- healthy or- uh, organizational relationships. Mm-hmm. And so by building these relationships, by always trying to find ways to support people, I think that that enables me to create community, yes, and, and to be part of the community. And, I, and within um, this Latinx community that we have, have, I, I am always in awe, to be honest, of just the tremendous amount of care and love and support that these leaders uh, have. It's, it's just not like they don't do this just because they want a title. They don't want recognition. They do this because it comes from a deep sense of meaning. They want to help. They want to help the community. And, and this group in particular that we're talking about, the, the Latinx group, that's what I see. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't want to say that's what I find in every group no i don't I, I find sometimes you know plenty of people that let their ego drive their work their social work um in 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 this group it's not the case it's um it's really driving from a deep sense of meaning how do we serve how many we serve can we serve more yes and, and so angelica i met angelica a year prior to this uh, at another event here in seattle it was the the women's at uh, the business magazine seattle magazine event um there in women i think it was called and i was asked to to be a panelist and um, I was the only Latina in in the presentation on the panel and she came in after and say hi I am I am Colombian as well and she was like I can't believe there is a, a Latina here because I was the only one and so I was fun and we got to connect and and, and from there I, I got to find find out about who she is she's an amazing woman working at a bank and really driving social work you know driving change and I think sometimes people confuse the I DI with with events, with education only. And for me, DEI is not something that you do, it's how you live your life. And these leaders that um, that are part of these Latin groups, that's how they live their lives. You know, they don't need to say they, they do DNI. They, they live their lives in that way. They're always trying to support the most vulnerable and, and support not just uh, individuals, but businesses and support our community, which, you know, we, we need that support because we don't have it. That's just the reality. And so I was, um, really just happy to connect with each of you and see how I can you know support the community and that was and that was we, let, let's clarify this has been the middle of the pandemic yes when yeah. 
We're all like, what in the heck is going on? The world is ending. How do we move forward? What can we do? And how we come together, even despite the uncertainty and the pain and the trauma that was happening. Let's come together. And so um, you asked me to come and do an event. And at that time, I was, I was doing some events with Microsoft, specifically supporting the Latinx community too. And what we decided to do is, what if I do an event on resilience and how do we tap into our ability to be resilient? Mm-hmm. Let's put some tools based on science that help us increase our ability and our capacity to be resilient. And I was personally struggling as an individual with the pandemic and everything. It was very difficult to go through it. And what I love about that specific project was that by me trying to help others, I help myself. I have to figure out all the tools. I did all the research and putting it all together helped me say, okay, these are the things that I need to start using because I think that we by nature are resilient, but it doesn't mean we had necessarily like the toolkit of how to do these. And so learning about these are ex- things that you can do or, rem- or remind ourselves of these are the things that we can do uh, then it kind of help us and, and at the end I end up doing that that, uh, that project you know a workshop with so many groups and it helped me and it lifted my spirits because I was helping others and and and, 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 and it helped me to to stay resilient because um, I, I, as everybody else I say if you did not cry in 2020 you'd officially know human yeah, <laughs> so. so true <laughs> so true there were so many of those days where you're just like, well, I guess I just need to cry because that's about where I'm at today. So were you working with Salvador and Vinicio? Is that who you were working with over at Microsoft? I was working with Salvador and actually Miguel Uribe. I I didn't know Vinicio uh, at that time yet. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, you, you probably had the pleasure of interacting with Salvador and he is just phenomenal human being. Just yeah. the work that he does in Latin America, the work that he does here at Microsoft is just incredible because he is someone who I can say he does it from a deep sense of meaning. It's no ego at all. It's just like, how do I support this community? How I overextend myself to, to ensure that everybody is taken care of that. And, and you can sense it in the energy the same as Angelica I just feel like when people do it like you do this work like that you can sense their presence their energy and, and that's how I sense them I agree they both have those types of energies that you're just drawn to and you know that they're authentic people I've already confirmed that Angelica will be on the show um, and actually Salvador is also on the list of yeah that's awesome in the next couple episodes so hopefully we'll be able to have him and Vinicio and I think that will just leave um, Salvador Vinicio and and uh, Gladys from the group as well um, that we all worked with originally. Um, so yeah, it's great. I have this built-in great group of people who get to be guests on the podcast because they're all doing, uh, including Venus, who is doing this amazing work. Uh, you're a Latina in the Pacific Northwest, Colombian. You have a family. You're managing your own business. Um, and I think it's really important that you said like you were dealing with like you were dealing with some rough shit basically, and you basically said, okay, I'm gonna also teach this, and in teaching it, I'm gonna educate myself, and I'm gonna work my way through this process would you say that that's kind of a typical thing is when you have to work through when you're unaware of something because you are an entrepreneur you said like you get to get up every morning and decide what work you're going to do but I would assume on the other side of that is you also have to motivate yourself to do this work and lead yourself into those spaces to say I don't know this information Um, do you find that that's difficult sometimes whenever you are in one of those darker spots or like you don't know something and you're just not having a great day 
I would say I, I use honestly every tool in the toolkit um, to pull myself up. I, I, I do focus for me, the focus is learning in, in, in every opportunity, every situation that I have, I examine what, what did I learn from these? And I know that the darkest, hardest decisions and places that I have been have good meaning and, and they shape how I do things moving forward. And so I, I, I honestly just look at information and research and I, I feel like there is, for me, what I think I try to solve many times is a lot of these knowledge is already there. You, you just have to uncover it from academia. Academia has all these research that has been done and it hasn't somehow translated or communicated to the lay individual. So I got to go and dig it in and, and find out and use it because it could help me. And so I try to use the tools. I, and I think that as I was explaining this to you, I find that really interesting, that pattern of as you're helping others, you're growing yourself and you're, and you're helping yourself. Yes, like in some way you're kind of full circle. And, and I find that um, I, I think that I have come full circle in, in many ways because I had explored different topics, you know, in my educational career, neuroscience, organizational development, coaching, uh, behavioral economics. And I, and I connect all of these in the work that I do. And so I find it um, really rewarding and fulfilling to come full circle, to be able to do all the things that you learn about in the work that you do. Um, I think that, that you can sense it. Like when you, you know, I get asked to like do a project at Microsoft on storytelling. And I remember thinking like, wow, I never thought I was going to do that. That's incredible. I was scared. I really was like in many big projects. I am like, oh my God, can I do these? Really? Are you trusting me with these? Can I do that? And, you know, that whole imposter syndrome shows up all over it. And then, and then, then uh, and my husband goes like, absolutely, you can do it. And I'm like, well, he can see it. I can't see it, but I need to be able to see it. Yeah. And I start to, to just do it. Yes. The, the more you just do it, I feel like Nike now. Um, and so I just started just doing it and then I, and I figured it out. And so my husband says, you can always figure it out. And with that project, what I realized, I was like, oh my God, that's so weird. I wrote my thesis at the graduate level on storytelling mm -hmm. and the power of storytelling to teach and change organizations. And I, and I was like, so I feel like I'm coming full circle after I wrote that, like, you know, 10 years ago, well, obviously more than 10 years by now, but then being able to I use that knowledge and exercise it within the organization and launch a project that told the stories of inclusion globally. That was awesome. I was like, wow, that's amazing. It's, it's how I finally connect that knowledge to the practice. And for me, knowledge is great, but it's limited. I think that yeah. knowledge is not any more power. Practice is power. And so you really need to have that practice because I can know a lot of things and now you will know a lot of things. But if you don't practice things, it doesn't matter. Remember, follow us on Instagram and Twitter for updates on the show and like and share with your friends, with your families, with your coworkers, because we love to have people here listening and leave us a good rating on whatever platform you're listening on today. Thanks. <laughs>